It's time for another Game Day, hosted by Flames Nation and Barn Burner at Greta Bar YYC. Join the crew at our favorite Game Day watch party spot, Greta Bar YYC, Saturday, March 23rd to watch Calgary take on Vancouver. Doors open at 7 p.m. Tickets are $10. Good food, good prizes, and a guaranteed good time. This event is brought to you by McLeod Law LLP and Village Honda. Get your tickets at nationgear.ca before they sell out. Hey guys, it is Pinder. Hope you're having a great summer. Man, it's like disappearing. What is going on? We're like near the end of August. Kids are going back to school. I got hockey evaluations for my kids coming up. <sighs> it's crazy, eh? Like just gone. It was like stampede last week, I swear. Uh, you know what's been why things have been flying by is a these long form interviews we've been doing have been so great we've been having so much fun Lanny Vernon Glenn Cross Stajan uh, Gear great stuff tons of fun and also like we've been slacking off and vacationing a bunch we're gonna have to actually get back to the grind soon which is probably why I'm complaining post Labor Day we're gonna be back and uh, full bore uh, but that all being said we are gonna do more long form today. Uh, here live in the Towers studios, we will chat with, well, actually, I shouldn't say live. We're live in the Tower studios. Earlier last week, we chatted in the Tower studios with Jason Weimer, who is, well, cut from the same cloth as Rhett Warner. So all the things that makes Rhett, Rhett, a lot of those vibes from Weimer, who is uh, a large human, as we get to right out of the gate, and uh, they're, they're great pals a huge personality, a ton of fun and a really loose, fun chat, uh, less serious and a lot more fun. Look forward to that. Here's a big event coming up at tower though. I want to tell you about it is the roar and explore unleashing the legends of Dodge Ram Jeep and Chrysler. Going to see the nation Jeep down there. Maybe the nation truck as well. 20 bucks. If you want to register your vehicle, all registration fees go, uh, to Brown bagging lunches for Calgary kids. Great cause there. There will be all kinds of car displays, a food truck, best in show prizes, raffle prizes as well. You can uh, zap the QR code right there if you want to register your vehicle. It is this weekend. Man, I was telling you, like summer's flying by. August 26th, this weekend. We'll see you there. That's the Saturday. Should be a ton of fun down at Tower Chrysler Dodge Ram Jeep. Enjoy it. It's part one of Jason Weimer. I love this because you guys are the uh, old school is the wrong word, but when you talk about a hockey Canada event now and the program of excellence, and oh, all these kids yeah. have had agents since they're 12 and nutritionists. And I've, I've been, this is my warm up routine that I've had since I'm nine. And this is my skill coach here. And I've been at this account. Like you guys were just big. You like playing hockey and you, you immediately strike a friendship up. It was, it was, yeah. And it was one of those easier. Sometimes you run into people you kind of have like-minded with and you feel like that's an easy, I remember the next year we were being, it was our draft year. Uh, and the scouts, three or four of them that you're interviewing with, they're like, so who's a buddy. And then I'd say his name and that they're like, weird. He said the same thing. It was, anyway, it's, it was one of those ones that was just, it felt natural. So you end up getting drafted by Florida teams and probably see each other a bit early in your career. But, but before we get there, you were 
miles and miles apart in your junior career in the Western League, but I don't know that it gets much further apart than Saskatoon and Portland in the Western League. Did you see each other? Could you keep tabs, or was it like, hey, that's a guy that I played with at this weird we tournament? We never played against each other once or twice a year. Well, and we never played against each other as kids because you no. didn't use you never it used to travel all over the damn yeah. place to play. There was no spring stuff. I didn't know we wouldn't have known each other. Uh, why did you go in that Bantam draft? Our Bantam draft was the first ever. Second. Was it second? Yeah. There was one the year before. Ninety we were ninety one and there was I think there was a ninety, I think. Oh, that's I right. Whatever the years were. Because I remember remember the Darcy Matters refer? Nope. He was a Fernie kid. I, I know just Charlie that. played at U of L. Exactly, Charlie's, Charlie's older brother. Yeah. Uh, and I remember there was drop the year before because he was in the first one, and I think he was a top pick. But we were. I was five. And I was two or three. So you were the same band same, draft. Yeah. Same band draft. Big yeah. Chris Dingman was in there, wasn't he? No, Dang. Adam Smith was first. Adam Smith, uh, Colin Cloutier. Cloutier. That's right. It was Cloutier. And then there was some other guy that I don't remember his name anyway you never crossed paths well, so, so this would be the Kimberly, first time you'd see a name of saskatoon area like your yeah, province miles apart. Apart. Yeah. But, and then you play junior for a year and we would have played each other as rookies and junior but we, uh, i don't remember playing the, the only hockey information you got was the hockey news hockey news yeah yeah the hockey news would come out and you might you, be able to find yeah. you might be able to find your name in there somewhere, or you'd find oh who's this guy oh Rhett he's playing out somewhere in Western Canada. Like there was no Snapchat and all these other these or, kids whatever. are yeah they're, they're, they're so all dialed in. they know who everybody's even kids in the city that are young they know every good hockey player across town across Western Canada and they're fourteen years old yeah why not I mean like you said the games are on TV like yeah, are on everywhere. streamed online yeah. Um, yeah, if you make a nice play in a game, it's going to get on TikTok and sure. Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Sure. So we talk about when I was growing up, I went to kindergarten and they asked who wanted to play hockey, raised my hand, small town, 200 people. The only thing going on was a rink. Kimberly, same Which sort of. Which town was that? Frontier. Oh, right. Whose name is outside of that town? Though? That's me. Oh, did they change the sign? No, no, because you're thinking where I was born, which oh, is Shaunavan. We didn't have a hospital, so I could, oh. had to go all the way to Shaunavan for the hospital. Now, who's on the sign in Shaunavan? I can't remember who it is. <laughs> it's not Rhett. Not me. I'm not is, from is Haley from Shaunavan? Haley's from I, that's And right. wasn't uh, Sean Donovan around? No. My uncles got drunk one night and put up a home of Rhett Warner sign, and the town was not happy. <laughs> but my uncle was the mayor, so he, was, he got away. <laughs> I got away with it. <laughs> He got away with it. Yeah. Perfect. Still hasn't come down. So. Yeah. So what was Kimberly like? Because Rhett's if people that, that watch this show or listen to it prior, they they've heard a lot about Rhett's beginnings in a tiny little, I'm sure, uh, you know, stop signs and dirt roads type little town. But Kimberly's not that. No, Kimberly's a great town. You know, it's it's changed a lot over the years. It started as a you know, it was a mining community in a very blue-collar redneck town. And when the mine shut down, it's kind of transitioned into more of a tourist destination with golf and skiing and everything else that goes on out there. But growing up there was great. Um, you know, you talk about being the mayor. We Dad wasn't the mayor, but we knew everybody, so we had the keys to the rink. So, you know, kids now are doing all their extra ice and all the, the extra bullshit that they do. We had the keys to the rink. So yeah. every day before school, you know, the deal was, you know, my dad would push me, but it had to be my choice. So yeah. if we were going to go to the rink, he had the keys, but I had to go downstairs, make myself breakfast, go outside, start the truck, come inside, make a pot of coffee, then wake him up. 
Really? That's a good little setup for <laughs> yeah. that. Holy. Yeah. Then we go to the rink, but we weren't going to the rink to just piss around and shoot pucks. Yeah. If you're going to go, we're going to go work. And so was he a player? Did he Was he a guy that, that the sport was big to, or did he yeah. just see an affinity for you or all the above? No, he played. Uh, you know, he played some minor pro, and, you know, it was the original six, so you actually had to be good at it to, to make it then. <laughs> that's fair. So, um, you know, he that's how he ended up in Kimberly, was playing for the Dynamiters. Yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, he's still got a passion for it. He's coached, you know, coached me all the way and then coached the junior team in Kimberly for a while. And then junior B team and junior B team. Yeah. yeah. Then ended up coaching, uh, my nephew, his grandson, uh, out in Kimberly and Cranbrook. So he's still involved in the game. He still loves it. You know, if you call and talk to him, he'll talk to you for hours about it. So it's, you know, it's, you know, he always says it's a passion. If you have a passion for it, it's like anything else. The bigger passion you have for something, the better you're going to be at it. So, you know, all these kids that are seven, eight, nine years old and really can skate like the wind. Well, if they don't develop the passion for themselves to really want it, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a skill. It's just you need a that passion with it. Right? Yeah, it's a. I think you see that in a lot of players nowadays. The kids, the, the kids are as talent. Well, they're more talented than ever before. Mm-hmm. The thing that holds them back is that they don't truly have a passion for it. It's just something they do. Well, and it's almost like they get fed it too much. It's too much. I agree with that. And I think it's also if if they're treating it like a business from the time they're 10 to 12, why shouldn't it look like they're businessmen? Yeah. yeah. Like this isn't their passion. This is what they want to do for work. They're contractors. Yeah. I have an agent. I eat this way because I know it's good for my business. I train this way because I know it's good for my business. So if you're watching me, I should look like a businessman. Am I making too much of that? hundred percent. You know, and that goes, you know, when you get to a higher level, what are you willing to sacrifice for your business? Mm-hmm. You know, so is it the team or is it the individual skill? So it's a very, you know, it's in a different spot right now. Like when we were growing up, we didn't have skills coaches. We no. didn't have, go and do all these different skills things. And when you went to your team practice, it was team skills. It was how do you fit into your team unit and your team? What's it going to do? You know, if you, as I said to my nephew the other day, because he had the stick out and he's picking the puck up and doing all their dangling bullshit that I, I still can't do. Can't. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to start. I said, if I would have tried that when I played, I wouldn't have made it to the bench. <laughs> I'd have got shit kicked before I got to the bench. Take well, your gear off. Oh, not even take your gear off. Somebody would have come off the other bench, kick my ass yeah, okay. for showboating and, trying to yeah. make somebody look stupid. So it, I, I like where it's at, that there is some more skill involved in the game. I mean, the game's in a good spot. There's lots of skill and it's fun to watch, but I do miss a little bit of the hate. Well, and and, and back to Kimberly, the small town, there has to be another town, the rival. Who who was the Kimberly rival oh. and who were you having to beat up on? And It was Dinktown, Cranbrook. Oh, yeah. You know, it's because they're out there right beside each other. Oh, yeah. You could mistake them for the same. No, no, you can't mistake them for the same. (laughs) They were pretty good, though. They had the Niedermeyer brothers were there. So it wasn't like we would go down and take over. It was go down and take a shit kick and then limp home. (laughs) So they were they were good. But that was the rival, you know, growing up in Kimberly playing against all those guys. But, you know, coming from a town of six or 7,000 people and Cranbrook maybe having 25,000 people in a five-year gap, we kicked out like myself, the Nita Myers, John Clem, McBain brothers. Like there was a list of uh, Lukowicz. Do you think that that, that there's like, 
they say like the, the the Canadian soccer team are doing well, or the Raptors doing well, and then the kids start to fall. Do you think that, that you know there was a your dad and that's all kind of the same age group so all those guys probably moved there either to play hockey or for the mine or for the business all of a sudden they have kids now they they build up that that so, st- st. louis a few years ago all those alumni guys had kids and then they start coaching all these st louis teams and now you got the kachucks coming out in there i think they had like seven kids in the first round from st louis over the couple of years like I, I totally believe that's a thing a you got the good genes and then b you surround them with people that understand the game, the Some kids knowledge. grew up in dressing rooms. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that too. The, all those guys that went there to play for the dynamiters and there was a team in Cranbrook, the Colts, they all became dad. Those were the coaches. Those yeah. were the guys. So you're implementing that passion you're talking about, but then you've got the competition. So we had Kimberly and Cranbrook that both had pretty yeah. good teams. And if we were going to compete, we had to be better. So it was go to the rink in the morning. It was, you know, we are going to work at this so that we can compete against these guys. And that only elevates everything. So it was, it was a great situation for me. I, you know. So you battled through Kimberly. You got to beat the piss out of the Niedermeyer boys and in, in, yeah, in yeah, Cranbrook. Try. Or, or try. catch If you yeah. can catch them. You're not going to catch uh, Scott. Rob, Rob is a big boy too, though. Rob very different. It didn't have the pretty stride. Oh, he was but fast. he was fast. He? Okay. Oh. he was so thick between the tits and knees. Like yeah. he could, oh, could he skate? So powerful. Like it was, and long, but yeah, it didn't look like Scott. Right. Like when Scott skated, it was you just, just picturesque. Watch. Yeah. Oh, he's gliding. Just, yeah. He'd pick up, start picking up speed, and he'd just go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, <Have fun>. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I, I, before we switch gears, the Bantam Draft, 1991. Adam Smith, number one overall to Tacoma. Didn't play in the NHL. Number two, Colin Cloutier. Didn't play in the NHL. Three, Jason Weimer. 11 seasons in the NHL. Four, Dean Kletzel. Didn't play in the NHL. Five, Rhett Warner. 12 seasons in the NHL. You combined have over 1,400 NHL regular season games. And, you know, and we both talk about it a lot. And we referred to lots of youth hockey already. But almost every time there's a the draft comes out, it's like – so many kids are disheartened and beat down and mm-hmm. oh, I didn't get forget about that. It doesn't matter. That list showed you three of the top five picks in Western Canada didn't play a single game in the NHL. Yeah. And that's not an anomaly. No, that's the, I remember my year it was Justin Mapletoff and he was a dominant player and he was phenomenal. And it was like, no, not an NHL career there. Yeah. It's the Bantam draft is a crapshoot. And it's worse here because the WHL drafts is 14 year old. Right. Out east, it's fifteen. Yeah. So they're at least a year closer. It's not year, a. No. There's never a perfect scenario, but two years out at the age of fourteen is tough. Well, you have no idea what a kid's going to look like at eighteen. Yeah. Which the WHL and the CHL is now is an 18, 19 year old league. Mm-hmm. It's not where we played. We would have quite a few sixteen and seventeen yeah. year olds. You know, it's gotten a little bit older now. Like, what what does the kid look like from fourteen to eighteen? Jeez, like, I mean, those are some pretty big years on development. You can make some major happen. strides. You there's can make some big decisions. You can add a, a well, half foot and 50 pounds. Yeah, well, and like there's a lot of things that come into a guy's life around 18 I, years I old to, so, change, yeah. to change your motivation. Focus. <laughs> Focus. You guys met beer. <laughs> you know, well, beer and, you know, there's another thing that comes in yeah, that really yeah. changes focus. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Nova is Calgary's lab-grown diamond specialists. Vina Nova specializes exclusively in lab-grown diamonds, and you can see for yourself why the hype is so huge. These diamonds have the same chemical composition and crystal structure, and in fact, 
often superior quality to that of a mined diamond. The savings of lab-grown can be astronomical, in some cases as much as 80%. It just makes sense. Visit their downtown showroom on the second level of Stephen Avenue Place, or check them out online at vinanova.com. The third annual Honda and Acura Show and Shine is coming to Village Honda. Save the date, August 26th, a Saturday, as the finest Hondas and Acuras in the city will be on display. Family-friendly and no charge for spectators either. If you want to register your vehicle, it's only 10 bucks. Love it. Visit Village Honda for more information and to register if you want to get your car in there. You can also RSVP all at villagehonda.com and proceeds go to the amazing Subi Foundation. And a reminder, they do have new in-stock inventory on the ground. Start your automotive adventures at Village Honda where new vehicle pricing is MSRP. Get a trip voucher for two to Las Vegas when you sell Village Honda your car. All makes, all models, appraisals are complimentary and no obligation. Make money today by selling your car to Village Honda and saving yourself the hassle of selling privately. Located in the Northwest Auto Mall, villagehonda.com. Did you know that Village Honda has a huge selection of used vehicles? All makes, all models, and for all budgets. With over 70 on-site and access to over 400 more vehicles in their dealer group, make Village Honda your one-stop automotive destination in Calgary. They're definitely worth the trip. Village Honda in the Northwest Auto Mall. Um, so what did you look like as a junior hockey player? Rhett barely remembers, but your nickname's the Big Human. I could see you as just a force of nature, and you, you didn't have a tough time finding the net. You, you were... They must have loved you in Portland. Yeah, Portland was fun. But I I was fortunate enough that I developed into a man at a young age. So I was 16 years old and 215 pounds. <laughs> and, you know, that, that part was easy. So I could play that power forward in junior where you were playing against guys that maybe weren't as... 170, one. Yeah, so that, that, that played into a little bit. So Portland was fun. It was... Uh, you had good teams. Did you made it to the final the one year, the dub final? We made it to the dub final. We lost to Swift Current. They gave us food poisoning. That was cool. Oh, was cool. Imagine that. Like, we go in for pregame meal, and like eight of our guys out of our team come out of uh, pregame meal for game seven with food poisoning. Just a coincidence, Jason. Yeah, it's got to be. Speedy Creek. So, yeah, we had good teams. Like, uh, my second year, we had six guys with over 40 goals. So would so, you have run into the Kamloops teams every year in like the the the, the we, final of the West? We beat them the one year. The, our first year we beat them uh, to go play Swift in the yep. final. And my second year we lost to them. That was the year they had Aginla and Tucker and uh, Huska. We found out Huska. <laughs> Who was the goalie? Passmore. Steve Passmore was in net. And uh, Branch. Rod Branch for a while there wasn't he? I that. that would have been I think before. Okay. I think. So yeah, they went on. That's what kind of when they just started to turn their corner Kamloops and they won the Memorial Cup. They walked through it that year. Um, but they had a good team. They so were. you score 45 goals, 96 points, 236 penalty minutes. I think you're ready for the pro ranks, sir. Yeah, well, I, I had Scotty Nickel as a centerman. And so of the 236, he was probably responsible for 200. <laughs> He starts that you finish. Oh, it. God. One of the greatest. Well, guys. a little pest, too. Oh, he's, he's I liked he little, played with Edge. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, everybody would love the way he plays, and he's just an awesome human. But he would wade in, and it didn't matter who it was. He would be in there giving her, and it's like, Jesus, Scotty. <laughs> you <laughs> know, you're not going to have to yeah, deal with it. Like, I am. Like, or go chase like Belak around. It's like, no, no, you're on your <laughs> own. Like, no, I'm good. Uh, but he was, yeah, we had, uh, 
We had great teams. That was great. So another buddy of Rhett's, Shannon Brisky was our other winger. So it was uh, me, Scotty, and Brisky was our line for my second year junior. And so Scotty had I think whatever I had, like 95 points or whatever. And Scotty was right at 90. And I think Brisky had 30. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to play defense. Yeah, that's the, fo- it's the focus thing we just talked about. He maybe. I'm not sure how that's possible. Yeah, yeah, maybe the focus. He lost a little of his focus. Well, no, Portland was uh, Brent Peterson was our coach. Uh, Brad Isbister actually brought this up to me a couple of years ago. He was there with us, and we were getting in shit for something. We weren't playing the way we should, or uh, not playing well. And so Petey calls us in, and he's kind of giving it to us. And he said, "He's like, you guys are going to miss this. It's like right now is the time of your life. This is when it's the best. You've got." No responsibility. You've got no real pressure. You're playing the game you love and you've got a good team. This is the time of your life. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. And, you know, us being 17, 18 years old, we're like, we're all going on to careers, yeah, hockey careers. A thousand games yeah, to come. Yeah, in like, NHL. what are you talking about the time of your life? And Izzy brought it up it was a couple of years ago. He's like, remember Pete having that conversation? So, yeah, he's like, man, he was right. <laughs> And you look back yeah. on it, and he was it because it is just that. There's no pressure. There's no shit weighing you down. You're just going out and having fun with your pals and playing hockey. You're surrounded by peers that are doing the same shit that you are. You, the biggest stress you have is maybe your math quiz on. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you were stressed. I was right really out worried about. I was yeah. so skilled. It's affected him a ton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even riding buses and stuff, you know, you think about doing. Oh my. It'd be hard, and this was not a concern. Playing but on cards, the bus, it was all it was bullshit with your pals. And you, you talk about the buses and the dumb shit that would go on the buses, which was humorous. And you think about riding from Brandon to Portland a couple days, right? Yeah, like it's like a 30 hour trek, it's not fun. But when you sit back and think about it now, those are the times you actually remember. Oh, yeah, like I oh, remember that it happened on the bus, I remember that it was on the bus, like it that was part of your bonding it was you know bringing the guys together and it was a lot of fun. i say that about the game now do you remember when the, you got your own room in the nhl yeah you're like this is great. okay so so for people that don't know when you come in the league you'd never remit what did you have to get to was it a games played was it service it was time was five it or six years was it 10 years or 600 10 years it was a long time or back. like five or six hundred games okay something yeah. like that yeah so but what you're saying is you've got to be not only you got to be established veteran before you even think. Well, and I think it, it, I don't even know. Was it that way when we started? No, no, it this was, was after that the was, lockout. That was after 04. Oh, the so you, you negotiated, you got that. So that was part of the, we got a salary cap, but we got our own room after 10 yeah, years. So. I bet you. Yeah. <laughs> Give them the rooms. We'll host them Good for trade. hundreds of millions over the next Good decade. <laughs> yeah. Worked out well. But the point I'm trying to make is, you talk about the bus rides and being around with your buddies. I think that part of what's missing with today's game, my best friends from hockey, most of the time I roomed with them. Yeah. Having those roommates and going back to the room and bullshitting with those guys and having those conversations, that, was, that is some of the best stuff. It's better than staring at your phone, exactly. right? Exactly. Well, and now yeah. you get better sleep for sure without someone else in the room, but you miss out on so much. Like, who are your roommates? Who's your first roommate? My first roommate? Oh, this is great. Denny Savard. Like, come on. Are you kidding yeah. me? And chain smoking. 
It was amazing. I had to hang my suits out the window. So I didn't. <laughs> this was a different era, fellas. Oh, like, yeah. You, you realize that now. So, there's, like, there's no one chain smoking in the NHL. Like, right it was now. like, can you see the TV? Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> like, and, like, chain smoking. I'm not shitting you. I hung my suits because you used to smoke in the bar, right? Yeah. So I'd have true. to hang my suits outside the window. So I didn't smell like I was at the bar the night before. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and he's just lighting one after another. Hey, kids, is this bothering you? I'm like, oh. like no, nope, Denny's, Denny's yeah, It's fine. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, everything's fine, sir. So uh, Terry Crisp was our coach in uh, Tampa my first year. He's a beacon of Denny. So he was my centerman as well. And so uh, I don't remember who we were playing, whatever. We, we weren't doing very well. And so in between periods, you can hear Savvy go in. And we weren't, I don't know, we didn't have that much ice time or to his liking. He goes into Crispy and he's just losing it on Crispy, like just up one side and down the other. Now I'm sitting there, I was 18 years old going, holy shit, like you're allowed to talk to a coach like this? Like, this is great. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, get out on the ice. And this was before everybody went straight to the bench. So everybody's out there doing the hot lap. And I see Denny come out, his skates are untied and he's got a towel tucked into his jersey. <laughs> it's like a spa. He, he, he skates across the ice and onto the bench, like right down to the stick rack. I'm like, well, this isn't good. <laughs> so I got done my hot lap and I come peeling off the ice. And he says, Hey, Kit, come on right over here. I got a spot for you. <laughs> We're done. I'm like, Oh, yeah, so that was it. No more ice time for us that night. That's Daniel set you up, night. but he probably he, he, he took away some ice time that night too. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit, but he was great. Like, it, talk about learning a lot from a guy. And how old were you been? Mid 30s, sir? Him? Yeah, this would have been near the end. So he went mm -hmm. from. Tampa. He's famous in Chicago, right? Yeah. So it was long after that. Um, and I think then he ended in Montreal. So it would have been in his last season or two. So yeah, he'd have been mid thirties. Yeah. So it was. That's it was interesting. Good. I have a roommate because like, I, I know sometimes you'd get younger guys together, but sometimes it's put the young guy with the old guy. Those are yeah. different ideas. Yeah. No, it, that, that was good. And then, uh, then I had Wilm here. Ooh. <laughs> That's a whole difference. Yeah. Thing. We can't even go into that. <laughs> I learned a lot from him too. So yeah, and another like Brett saying, like guys that you roomed with, you end up being tight with, and you know Willie kind of falls into the same mix. So you know we were, we were always pretty fortunate to lots of good guys. So you get you go through junior, you have great junior career, short junior career though. Like yeah, if you're good enough, you well, move like you said, on. you're like, a man. Yeah, you're yeah. too good for that league. Let's get him up. So it was a lockout year. Yeah. was our first training camp pro training camp right yeah and so they cancel or don't start the season mm -hmm. you go back to portland yeah play so I, I signed so i made the team out of camp let's go back to draft so we go to yeah. the draft in beautiful fucking hartford connecticut hey, what a spot tell you what nothing like a draft in a mall it's like, awesome oh, the memories that were made there were just epic yeah yeah, yeah. get drafted no, you were going to Tampa? Suspect. Suspect. So. What number? They were eight. So Tampa was picking eight. And you remember the meetings you go into. So you go into all these meetings and everybody runs them a little differently. Some are very casual. Uh, San Jose had like a boardroom, like a long, it looked like you were in an interrogation and like literally a spotlight on you. Like here, <laughs> here you go. And guys like rapid fire questions. So it was, it, they were all different I went into Tampa and they were in like the penthouse. They're all wearing shorts and flip-flops and, yeah. su and sucking back beers. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to fit right in here. These like, are right my boys. Yeah. Uh, and so 
Yeah, they. they Who's kind of, running things? Espo. Espo. Of course. Right. Yeah, that yes. too. Yeah. You got in his book. Espo and uh, Don Murdoch. So, but Don Murdoch was from Cranber. So, oh, so there was some familiarity there. He'd watched me kind of grow up all the way along. So he was Tampa's head scout. So they kind of flat out said, like, if you're there at eight, we're taking you at eight. Now, obviously, as the draft moves along, that can always change. But I was, and so ended up going there. Um, so not terribly surprised, but excited nonetheless. Did you spend the summer down there? Like, no. I got drafted to Florida that year. And in the summer, they said, hey, do you want to come down here to train? And I just said, no. <laughs> why? And I didn't even yeah. think that why it was a bad I? answer. And now looking back, you're like, you are an idiot. Wow. You are so stupid. Yeah. On all fronts. Yeah, like just like it's pure Miami, dumb. But, but also, like, you'd be acquainted with the city, the organization. Well, and you might actually have a trainer. To, yeah. like, and he might have worked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, say, I think you get sidetracked to Miami, too. But sure, okay. But it, fitness was just starting just. to become a thing then. You know, there was teams that didn't have an athletic trainer. Like, they were guys that didn't have personal trainers. Like, I didn't have a personal trainer until probably five or six years into my career. It was just, you, you got a program from the team and you just followed that. I remember going to training camp. I think it was my third year. Hadn't skated. Yeah. Really? Did not skate. <laughs> and? Not good. Well, but when you're as fluent as <laughs> like, you, Rhett, you when don't you're need such a, to. Yeah, you yeah. skate like needs. You're just, That's you don't what have training to camp's for. Yeah. You and Scott Niedemeyer, I get yeah. I hear that a lot, yeah. skating comp. Yeah. Yeah. So draft. Draft, went down, and it's funny. People always ask, like, I don't know, and like I say, you're the same. Like, did you think you were going to make the team? Or is that part of your plan? And it wasn't ever not part of my plan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I always, whenever I went to play somewhere. Well, this is where I'm going to play. This is where I'm going to play. Like, get cut? No, I don't, I'm not going to get cut because – you do what you have to do to stay there. You've never been cut. Why do you be cut no, now? No, now would I get cut now? So I went there and, you know, with the intention of playing there. As an 18-year-old, going to try and play a power forward game, probably not the best, but again, dumb. Naive. And, uh, yeah. Like, So are, are you having no, a fight in camp? Is that part of, or are you just like, hey, this is how I'm going to make this team, how I impress This people? is, well, and how I or play. it's my game. This yeah. is how I play. Like, I'm going to, you know, try and score some goals and get in a couple of fights and see what happens. And I had a great camp. Like I remember, like I had a couple of hat tricks in exhibition games. Really? Like, like I played well. And so at the end of camp, they know the lockout's coming, but kind of give me the it, you've made the team. Now Tampa's also an expansion team, mm -hmm. so it's not like we're terribly deep mm -hmm. with guys. And it wasn't like expansion now where they get to right. You know, fill a roster. Fill there a were roster. some skeleton rosters yeah. for a few years in Ottawa, San Jose, Tampa. Yeah, so it was pretty lean. Um, so here you go. So lockout happens, uh, head back to Portland, played a handful of games in Portland and ended up breaking my leg in Portland, actually in Brandon of Jeez. all places. So Marty Murray killer. Team Canada. Yeah. It, it was stupid. Fell behind me and went into the boards awkward, but, um, so took the rest of, that would have been like. I'm going to say November-ish. I think you played 14 games. Yeah. And you had 10 goals and then you the leg. So then healed that. And then I got back to playing. I think we went back in January. And I was yeah. playing probably mid or late January before I was back. So you didn't miss much because of the lockout. Because of the lockout, I didn't miss much of the season. I think we had a 48-game yes. season. And I think I played 35 or something. So I missed the first little bit. 
Um, but it was an awakening, like, you know, playing as an 18, 19 year old in the Western hockey league, playing a power forward position. Okay. Do what well, you want, do what you want. Well, play that against Scott Stevens. <laughs> it's a little different operation, you know, where, Oh, I've seen that move. No, thanks. Or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to intimidate you. <laughs> Probably not. So, you know, should I have been there? Absolutely not. There's, you know, in 2020, the hindsight, it's obvious I needed more time to develop my game. I needed time. I should have played another year or two of junior or gone to the, until I was old enough to play in the minors for a year or two to learn how to be a pro, learn how to be a man and play. Like if I'm going to play a man's game, I can't be 19 years old. Um, you know, and then my roommate in Tampa was Chris Gratton, who was a year older than me. Oh. And so it was here, you guys get a house together and get cut loose in FLA. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it was uh, another tough guy too. Yeah. Or yeah, big, big boy. He was big. Yeah. He, you know, he was, he was tough. He was tough. He didn't like, he it. didn't like it. Yeah. But he like, but he was big and strong. And so he, he could fight and he could score too. But he oh, could shoot he the puck. Yeah. He, like he was a good hockey player. If he could have kept, well, I played with him in Buffalo. Awesome. Love the guy. He, he would get so nervous about everything. Yeah. I was like, dude, just go play. Like you don't have to be wound tight all the time about this you're good play yeah he (sighs) he was i don't want to say a mental midget but he like he beat himself he beat himself up you know where it's crazy confidence in this game is 90 percent of it because skill level the difference between skill level between the greats and the goods there's you know a difference in skill level between the goods and everybody else is opportunity and confidence like that's yeah, the best guy in the American League ain't that much different than the guy on your third line, right? No, I mean he's not that much different than the guy on your second line. If you're given the same opportunity and the same chance, there's not that much difference. You know, a little bit of confidence and let the guy feel good and give him an opportunity to play on the top line. Oh, great story about that. Uh now I'm blanking on his name. Where are we? With give us yeah. St. Louis, Marty St. Louis yeah. playing here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So we would call him up when I was here, call him up. Trivia question. I assisted on his first NHL goal. Really? Oh, yeah. See, don't get that very often. Eh? Uh, we would call him up out of St. John where he's lighting it up. Yeah. And he'd come up here and play with me on the third line. They wanted him to build that 200-foot game and then get into the top six. And maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. That's but wrong. the problem one is they had a regime change before – he got to get the big minutes. And yeah. so when he went elsewhere, everyone's like, where, what, why was this? Well, they, they hoped he would get there. But when you fire a head, head coach and a GM, there's some casualties. He was one. And he cleared waivers. Anyone could have had him. That, oh. that, every team missed on Marty St. Louis. But he didn't get the opportunity. Yeah. You know, you got a kid like that playing in the minors That's you can see that he's a stud. Yeah. And then he comes up and plays 8, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. No power play, no specialty teams. Where he can excel. Yeah, where you're can, not where, putting him in a position to succeed. Succeed. Yeah. We so. didn't talk about this that this year at all, about a smaller guy lighting up the HL that got eight minutes in two games and that was it. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't talk yeah. about that. Now I'm not gonna say he's Marty, <laughs> but you gotta you gotta give these guys opportunity. They, well, they need opportunity, you know, and to succeed you need opportunity. And I don't know, kind of off track here, but you know, opportunity and luck. Yeah, you got to be lucky. You got to have the right guys believing in you at the right time. And then when you get a chance, 
you got to make it count. And sometimes that takes a little bit of luck, timing. The Hearing Loss Clinic was opened in 1993 with a simple mission, make a positive difference in the lives of our clients. It's never been about hearing loss or hearing impairment. It's been about empowering you to be socially active or more connected with loved ones and confident in every aspect of your life. Men and women of all ages, and of course, children can suffer from hearing loss too. There can be serious health risks that are linked to untreated hearing loss, and you can get a peace of mind at four Calgary locations, Shaughnessy, University District, Northwest in the Crowfoot Business Center, and in the North Hill Professional Offices. If you've got issues with your hearing, come visit one of their four Calgary locations for an evaluation. They're the 2022 Chamber of Commerce Professional Services Excellence Award winner. Visit one of their three locations in BC. You can find them at Cranbrook, Creston, Fernie, Golden, and Invermere. Famous people that have swung by the hearing loss clinic, John Huffnagel, Lanny McDonald, Haley Wickenheiser, Peter Marr. It's worked for them and it can work for you. Check out their social streams on Twitter at The Hearing Loss or on Instagram at The Hearing Loss Clinic. Outdoor dental. Dentistry with no needles, no drills, and no stress. Dr. Jay Patel decided a few years ago that it was time to change the dental experience for his patients. Introducing the Solea Laser. This laser treatment is pain-free, will leave you feeling relaxed and comfortable. In addition, the laser is used to treat sleep apnea by increasing the tension of the soft palate to reduce snoring. In just two 15-minute treatments, you could be getting the amount and quality of sleep that you've been missing out on. Visit their website for more information and to book a consultation, outdoor.dental. That website again, outdoor.dental. So you're in Tampa from, I guess, your debut season, 94, 95, till 97, 98, when you get traded to Calgary. What was it like in Tampa? Because you're a top 10 pick, you're a first rounder, and there's big expectations for you. But you also just acknowledge it was probably too much too soon for you at 18. It was too much too soon, all, all the way through. And we had great guys down there. Uh, Rob Zamner was down there, Gratz, Billy Holder, like some... Sean Burr. Sean Burr. Uh, Darren Poopa was in that. Like we had decent teams with great guys, but I wasn't ready to be have that pressure and be that much put on you at that point. Physically, I probably was okay, but mentally it was you couldn't do it repeatedly. So you'd have these wicked spikes where you'd go on a heater and be playing pretty well, and then bottom out where holy shit, it was hard. So um and then we had coaching changes and there was three, four, five coaches that came through there over a stretch of time. And it's it, being an expansion team. It wasn't probably the best atmosphere for me at that point. So when I got traded here, I was excited. I was like, okay, this is, will be a fresh start. Can kind of wipe the slate. And now I'm 23, 24, you Come know the here. game. You've got some. Yeah, yeah. You're, it's yeah. mid-season. You're 21. You get swapped to Calgary for Sandy McCarthy, one of the all-time tough guys of the Flames organization. A third and a fifth. The third turns into Brad Richards. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, that was just a lucky pick. Uh, third is a dart throw. <laughs> the third. If everyone knew he's not going to go in the first, but you're, this to you is a a fresh start and b opportunity. Yeah. Um, just being able to kind of put Tampa behind you, where and it was not that Tampa was bad. Um, it was just. It wasn't run option op, optimally. It wasn't for, run optimally. It wasn't. It's the NHL. It's supported. You got NHL players. It's you're playing in the league. They didn't. 
I, I went, walked in the year after he, his first year. It wasn't upper echelon NHL management stuff that was going no, on. No, and time. we had and not a knock on those guys, but it, it was and even the guys. A lot of the guys that were there, no offense to them, they were playing it out. Veterans on an expansion. Yes. Yeah. Veterans on an. Expansion. And how could you have good culture? You you don't have talented players. You're ripping through coaches because the team's not winning enough. I mean, that's yeah. a really tough culture to come into as a new guy. Whereas if it's Detroit, they're going to let you play in. Grand Rapids or wherever the affiliate is for yeah. three, four years. And then you're going to come in on fire, like totally different, right? Completely different. And you're going to learn from yeah. Steve Eiserman on how to be a pro, you know, or Joe Sackick on how to be a pro, you know, I lab Adam Deadmarsh was a guy that I played with in junior. And so we were drafted. He was a year, year before course, me. I think yeah. he was this end of the first early second rounder. He went to Quebec. And so same thing. He went to Quebec, kind of made the team. Well, when you saw what he did, being taught by guys that knew what they were doing, it was a completely different situation. Yeah. Right? So he's learning how to nutrition and all, all of the things to become a pro. Like, it's it's easy to say that you're playing pro hockey, but being a pro is a lot different. There's a lot that goes into it, the commitment and everything. So it's uh I'm chuckling because Dead Marsh and Nutrition don't typically they don't his nickname was Piggy for a reason. And it wasn't because he was he was a wicked human. God. Maybe not entirely, but his work ethic and everything else oh. overshadowed maybe having the odd Some, dog. The odd choice. Yeah. So yeah, you get here, it's the year after, I believe, that Jerome's made his debut. Because I think Jerome played in the playoffs in 96. They called him up from junior, and he yeah. played the two home games that got swept by Chicago. That was the last year they made the playoffs until they did again with your group in 04. Um, so I, I don't know where they're trending, but Jerome, at least, is you've got the the great young hope has arrived yeah. the season that you arrived. Well, He's we're there supposed to be the young guns. We were the young guns. Yeah. Yeah, we were the young guns. Like, Theo was still here. Yeah. Uh, so we had, I mean, it was, we were a decent team. We were pushing for a playoff. When I got traded here, I think we had, oh, 12, 14 games left. The deadline was a little bit Who's later. coaching? Brian Sutter. Brian. And Brian's awesome. You know, he's just go get them boys, you know, maybe not an X and O's coach, but he'll band you to, together. So uh, loved getting here. The group was great and we were close. We were, I can't remember the exact points, but up to like two or three games left, we were still sniffing. Yeah. And so we were playing mean, meaningful hockey. Just, we fell short and uh, ended up not making the playoffs that year, but we were young and we were improving. You know, we were kind of banding together and you could see that we had lots of great young D. We had some talented guys up front. And then the next year we had more guys come in that, you know, it felt like we were starting to build. Yeah. So you got like the Gauthier, Derek Morris, the Ginla up front. Like you could see there's some pieces here. There's some pieces. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if Savvy was here yet or not. Um, Mark Savard. Mark Savard. Matt uh, Domicelli was here. They, they, there was a list of young guys and a lot of guys that we'd seen in the Western league. Cause Brian was yeah, running the team and Al Coates was the GM. So it's kind of heavy Western, which was great because it's like you say, familiar faces. Kale Hulse was here. Um, Nealander, Stillman, Hulse, yeah. Abilene, Patrick. Yeah. Sam, Joel Bouchard on the back end. Val Bure. Val Bure. Yeah. 
yeah. So it was, we were, you know, I, like I say, I thought we were trending in the right direction. And then we get a bunch of change again. Out goes Coates, out goes Brian, out goes Marty St. Louis. Yeah, out goes Marty St. Louis. And then it's kind of start over. So a uh, few different coaches changes and, and that's always hard. You know, when you got coaching change, you have uncertainty. Where's the gel come from? And that's kind of where we fell into. And then we had guys, you know. Who's the goalie? Chasing. Well, that was the problem. Freddie? Well, Freddie amongst others. Vernon year, came think, back? Vernon came six back. Six or eight goalies one year. It was yeah, like it everyone was, that came got hurt. supposed to be Kidd. Nope. Kidder was gone. Gone. Uh, the one year, God, we had like Tabarachi. We had uh, Tyrone Garner. We had Freddie. Musadi, maybe. Our uh, Trefaloff. Trefaloff. There was a bunch that year. Yeah. We had uh, Kenny Reggett. Like, shit. We had Grant Fuhrer for crying <laughs> out loud. Right. Like, Everyone it, was hurt. It was, it was unbelievable. Like, we, I don't think Freddie gets found unless there's like four or five injuries that year. It was like he yeah. was from the depths of the minor league system and played great and earned it. But that was yeah. his opportunity. If there's not injuries in Calgary, I don't know that he plays in the NHL with any substance. No, absolutely. And, and he did come in and play well. Yeah. Like he was lights out. We were like, who is this? And then he just started lighting it up and it was great. And it couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, everyone loves him. Freddie yeah. is one of the best people in the world. And so it was, it was fun, but that was great too. Cause we were all young, you know, we were all 24, 25 years old and it was fun. Like we had a great group of guys. City different. You know what I mean? Like I came here in 03, oil and gas sector seemed like it was just booming. Go to the finals, there have some buzz. I, I I don't know what the city was like prior. The saddle dome was different. Like when I got I remember playing here. When I, I got it. here in 98, 99, we called it the library. Like they had the upper yes. bowl sectioned off. They had it tarped off. They didn't yeah. even sell tickets up top. Yeah. And people sitting on their hands. I remember a buddy of mine and my brother came to a game from Kimberly. And so it was one of my first games here. So they were all jazzed up and have a few drinks. And I don't know what happened. I don't remember if I scored or got in a fight or something happened. So they're standing up, hooting and hollering and yelling and screaming. And the usher came down and asked him to keep it down. <laughs> don't be and so my brother and my buddy oh. said, they sit down. They're like, oh, sorry. Somebody huh? stands up. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm <laughs> a hockey game. No. It, 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 insane. There's some dark yeah. years there. There were. Um well, like there was, was talk that it was wasn't going to stay. Yeah, that was the Save the Flames Save the campaigns Flames, right. and things like that. Like, it was – you asking about where the city was at. I mean, that was probably the darkest seven years the franchise had because you were just this extremely well-run organization in the 80s that built to that championship. Then all of a sudden, salaries become public, and guys are saying, whoa, I can make what? You know, Newendike's gone. Suter's gone. McKinnis yeah. is gone. Gilmore's gone. Like, you lost that whole core – then it's you don't make the playoffs for seven years, and and like there's not a lot of sports in a lot of leagues where that's not going to take the wind out of the stadium, the city, the franchise. Yeah. And the economy wasn't good. The yeah. Canadian dollar was the shits. That's right. Yeah. So you know there was the team is expenses are all American, yeah, but the revenue is all Canadian. Mm -hmm. That's right. It that didn't a make a lot of economic sense for the team to be here. So it took a lot of work for them to manage to see even save the franchise, which was great. But then I think it was your guys' 04 run that kind of switched the flag again. hundred percent where that bled life into it. And it, it's definitely a little more white collar in there Yeah, where it's a lot of corporate money, 
so but it you know it's it's full yeah, again she was rocking in 04 i'll tell you that Peter Klein at McLeod Law. You may know Peter as the personal injury guy, but did you know that he's also the go-to guy in Calgary for your disability insurance claim? If your long-term disability insurance company is refusing to pay insurance benefits to you, contact Peter. He will get you the disability benefits you paid for and deserve. Get Peter on your team and let him get your peace of mind back. 403-254-3864 and online at mcleod-law.com. So first stint in Calgary, then you get traded from Calgary to Florida. Florida. Calgary to Florida. You missed the Redster by how many years, sir? Oh, that was after. Came Two back, or three? Came back to Red. No, I know. I mean, in Florida? You were already in Buffalo. Oh, yeah, so 99, I left. Yeah, so you missed by yeah. a couple seasons. Yeah. It's, yeah. by the way, with uh, Val Burry. Yeah. For Rob Niedemeyer. Rob Niedemeyer. Damn Cranbrook, son of a gun. Yeah. Uh, get me again. Got me again. <laughs> um, so I had the opportunity to go down there and uh, play for another Sutter. Played for a uh, dog down there, which was great. Uh, I had really enjoyed playing for dog. And we had a decent team. You know, we were kind of, again, in the middle of the pack, but great group of guys. Uh both the Bure brothers. Both, I was going to say, we're both Bure's. So, wow. Both Bure's were there. Yeah. Which was entertaining. Uh, Give us some intel on them. Because like Val was the, the the quieter and, you know, he marries Candace Cameron and he seemed very polite. But Pavel was a superstar and no one's ever really had much clarity on him leaving Vancouver where he was like a god. You know, they couldn't be more different. They are not like personality wise, body physique wise nothing about them says that they're even related yeah you know um great guys pav gets a bum rap you know a lot of guys thought he was selfish and a bit of an ass i loved him you know he was one of those guys that if you call him out on his bullshit he'll he actually respect it. you for yeah. it where you know other guys well, it's pav let pav do pav i was like oh, screw that you know call him out on juice it. him a little bit juice yeah. him a little bit yeah. but so I got a Pav story. So we were playing in Toronto and uh, Tucker comes in and elbows Pav in the mush. Like just all but knocks him out. So shortly after part of my stick grazed the front of or side of Tucker's head. Oh, it's it happens. It's on YouTube. It's uh, <laughs> might be about a foot of the butt end. We could find that and throw that in post-production. It, yeah. Somewhere near his ear hole. Anyway, so he went down, and it, well, that's a different story. But I got suspended for, I think it was seven or eight games. And so Pat came up to me and was, so what's that going to cost you? I was like, I don't know, whatever. It's a little bit of dough, but whatever. And he wrote a check, and he said, here, take the money. I'm like, I'm not taking your money, Pav. Like, whatever. He's like, well, I'm making $10 million, and I know you're making one. So... <laughs> Take the money. I'm like, no, I'm not taking your money. It's not a big deal. He's like, I'll offer it to you one more time. Well, okay. If you insist. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so let's call. All right. <laughs> if, if you insist. All right. But he was that was the kind of guy he was where if you he felt he got that it. you were exactly sticking right? up for him and letting him play the way he wanted to play, then he was gonna take care of you. Like especially at that time. So we're talking uh you're there for 0102. And like we're every team's got a couple massive people that are excellent at fighting while standing on skates. Like for Burry to understand the value of that oh, isn't surprising, but it's Gino important. Yeah, he had, yeah, he had and, right. 
that was around the time when it was getting stupid too, as yeah. far as big humans. Like there well, were, they were professionals, and they were like they weren't very good at hockey, but holy shit, could they fight? I remember that Steve McIntyre in Edmonton was like six eight, two fifty, and then they had the Latvian guy in Calgary, Rytus Ivanins, and he he didn't he couldn't do conditioning for a year after the concussion. He got like it was getting spooky. It was it was spooky, and then I I didn't like that. You know, no. I didn't. That wasn't hockey. That was, was just that was, might as well have been gladiator. You know, but. I miss the fight. I'm a hypocrite because I I got kids in hockey and I see the the risk that you had to take in that those eras where you're. But I did like the emotion of it. I liked the I'm mad at you, so I'm gonna get yeah, f yeah, you. Yeah, let's go. I'm gonna punch you in the nose. Yeah, it's gonna make me. Feel and that's better. the real fights. The problem wasn't those. No, the problem stage. was. Yeah. Hey, it's the second period, 20 minutes on the clock, drop the puck, two guys go. Yeah. Because it wasn't anything upset. No. It was called staged fights. They were great fights. They were great they were, fights. But it it's, has nothing to do with emotion. It, no, no. It, it had more to do with do you want to go to a boxing match? Yeah. Like yeah. we got two big dudes here that are gonna have at her. You might want to watch. I, I love boxing. I like UFC. I like all that stuff, but it wasn't a hockey related incident. No. And it was always good to watch, like you say. I, I, I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed seeing those big guys. I enjoyed fight. not. Being I didn't part enjoy of it. when they came and asked me. <laughs> no. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I had no problem saying no thanks. Yeah. Your nickname's I, the Big Human. And you're yeah. calling these guys the big guys. Oh, those guys. They, they, it was insane. Like they were talking six, eight, six, nine, like seven the guys that are dudes. 250, 260 pounds. That all they do George is throw Rock out there. Oh, the Rock and Brashear and Tony uh, Twist. Even at the time, Twister. He, was, he wasn't so much tall, but. Oh God! Scary. This well, was, was probably around the, the the Domi Probert stuff too. I'm guessing, or was that Probert was kind of at 90s. the end of it? Yeah. Probert was at the end. He asked me one night. Oh, I declined. Yeah. I was told. I always say it, well, I would have, but my coaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No uncertain terms. Am really I really love to. I'm not allowed to fight you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Come see me when you get more ice time. <laughs> No, all right. You're not buying that either. He wasn't bad because he knew I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I, I remember I was running around or something, and I'd hit a couple of guys. Proby came out to a draw and kind of lined up beside me, and leaned over and says, "Are you done?" I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, didn't oh, run into another man. soul for the rest yeah. of the night. Like, dump, yeah, dump and change. Skating around at center, I might as well put figure skates on. The uh, well, you talked about it, like it's fun. That era is fun. Like the stage stuff is like okay, we get it. It's combatants. To your point, it's like gladiators, which is still wildly entertaining, but. When you were on a team that could physically intimidate another, like I think of your team when you guys got Chris Simon, you already had Oliwa, and well, you came a year later, but yeah, I'm, that I'm, I'm specifically had... talking about 03 or 04, what that meant that you could intimidate more skilled teams. We loved it. I mean, we had it in junior. I was always blessed with having Florida, maybe not so much. We had Paul Laus down there, though, was a killer. Yeah. And then Pete, big Pete Worrell came oh. in. So we're every, but everyone at that time had, had guys. guys. When Cy came, like Olawa, I remember playing against Olawa and I hated him because he was an idiot. And you're like, oh my God, he's big and he's pretty tough. But that year, Olawa beat the piss out of a lot of tough guys. Yeah. And then Simon came and it was like, <laughs> we were laughing going into rings because it was like, get out of here. What are you going to do? About what it? are you going to do? But, you know, it was when you had the big guy that was just out there to fight. 
But if you had big guys cool and tough guys that could play. That's where Simon was key, right? That's where Cy was key. And, and those guys, now they can intimidate you, not just by fighting, but they can get in on a forecheck and bang yeah. some bodies and intimidate you by their play. Yeah. Where you, they've created now so much room. Like deers backing into the top of the circles while you're coming across your own blue line. <laughs> Don't yeah. dump it I in don't want corner. to hit this guy, and I also don't want to get first into the corner and get the puck. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, here you, yeah. you guys need some room. And that's an important distinction because someone that can play 12 to 16 minutes, you're going to have to deal with all night. A five-minute tough guy, you say no twice, he's kind of out of yeah, asks, and, and right? That's just it. And he, when you can play the 12 to 15 minutes as a tough guy, mm -hmm. now you can say no. Yeah, and Chris yeah. Simon, I think he had 31 years, something crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he could play yeah. a regular shift. Only was not that guy. He's playing yeah. with Bondra. What? <laughs> And if you don't entertain the five-minute guy, he's really useless. Yeah, exactly. Like, so if you take a fight away from him, what's he going to do? Yeah, that's like, the only way he can affect the game. That's the only way yeah. he can affect the game. So if you don't give that to him, I mean, there was a listen, Rhett kind of makes joke about, well, you know, the excuse will play a little more or whatever. But there was a list of guys yeah, on the board that you aren't fighting that guy. Yeah. Like you're not fighting that guy because that is just playing into their hand. Yeah. So if Christoph Oliwal gets Jason Weimer in the box for five minutes, he's won the night. He can't do any better than that. You got to fight you. And now you're not taking your right. Now I don't play. Now situational. And that's where, you know, there was times that you get into a fight at center based on what happened. I wasn't a tough guy. Like those guys were tough. I would get into the occasional scrap, but the majority of them were, either I was pissed off about something that he had done or defending a teammate or something yeah. or a situational in a game where we're flat as piss. We can't mm -hmm. get anything going. Okay. Let's try and get a spark. Maybe we'll get into a tilt. Usually you try and pick a pussy at that point that you can beat up and think, ah, let's go with I you. I can take this guy. Yeah. I can beat up you. I can swing some momentum right now. Let's go. The worst is when that guy catches you with a lucky one. Oh shit. <laughs> what have I done here? No, no. Oh no, this is going to look bad. When you hear the crowd go, Oh, <laughs> and so you reference it. You did join that flames group. It was after, I think the worst thing that happened to that group was Let's the lockout. Go back. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you. Yep. Let's go. So you go down to Florida, you play Florida. for Dwayne Sutter. The Bureau boys are there. Bureau Teams boys. average. I don't think you made the playoffs. No, didn't make the playoffs. And then Keenan comes and in. And then Keenan comes oh, in. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So Mike comes in and, you know, there's guys that hate that man with passion. And I had my run in with him and it was very heated. Um, but he's going to get it out of you. Like if there's something in there, yeah, if he wants, if yeah. he wants to find it, like he's going to push you to a point, And we say this all the time. If you're uncomfortable, you're going to get better. Yeah. It's when you sit in that comfort zone and you just sit in there Meh, you're not doing much. So he'll play mind games to get the best. He's, you know, I don't always agree with what he does to get it. Um, and it's, it's a shorter life than what Daryl's got, but you know, they're cut kind of from the same cloth. Um, but he's going to pop you in the mind to try and get you to a different level. So, you know, I, looking back on it at the time, I was like, this guy is an ass. I can't stand this guy. Looking back on it now, it's like, I learned a lot from that, whatever it was under a year playing with him. But it was like, I learned a lot about myself playing for him and what it took to be, you know, that next level, how to get moved up and like conditioning. And I mean, he was a fitness freak, like not himself, but he wanted guys that. You can't play if you're not in shape. If you're not in shape. And he, and he made you work at it like shit. We'd have to ride the bike 
after games, he had these bikes that had like key cards in them where it would record what your output was on the bike. And everybody was required to do a certain amount after games every time. And it was like, holy shit, like this is getting ridiculous. I mean, we were borderline tired, but uh, he was, it, it was hard, but he was, he was a good coach in the fact that you were going to have to step up. You know, mediocre for him wasn't good enough. So he, he got, he and I got into it in San Jose one time. He, Matt Bradley was playing for San Jose and he was having a game. I think, he, I don't know if he had a hat trick, but he had two for sure. And, you know, was running around. I wasn't playing at all. I was stapled to the bench for the majority of the. You're Dennis Vard. You had the towel. Yeah, I, I should have had a hot dog in my hand. Like I was, I wasn't doing a thing. And so I would play left wing center and he kicks me in the ass and says, go out there and play right side. I'm like, oh, really? All right, whatever. So I go out and I beat up this Bradley kid. All right, fine. Get into the locker room after and I'm seething mad. Like I am on a 12 and uh, Brett Hedekin sitting beside me. He says, well, go and tell him, go and challenge him on it. Like, what can he do? Not play you? He's like, or trade you? Sorry, like, not playing you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you, it can't get worse. So I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I get up. And then in San Jose, there's these great big wide hallways. And the coach's room is the locker room. Beside Spread out him. all over. It's not warm. Yeah, it's, it's not great. But so I went out in the hallway and I'm like, we, we need to have a talk. And he's like, well, I don't really want to talk to you. And I was a little bit animated. I said, no, we're going to talk now. So we went into the coach's room and I stood there for five minutes, called him every name in the book, F, U, F, that. And then he stands up and he starts giving it back. He's like, how long have you been in this league? And I was like, 10 fucking years. He's like, nine too many. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was on. Like we were screaming at each other like, to the point you know I, the ends of my fingers are going numb like i'm clenching my fists thinking am i gonna stroke this guy and i still <laughs> have my skates on so i'm a foot and a half taller than him oh, yeah. and i'm thinking i think i might just it's coming yeah i might send one here <laughs> knock this guy out. yeah and so anyway I, I he stopped it he was like okay enough's enough like we're gonna say something we regret i was like i don't think so i don't regret anything i've said so far so i walked back into the locker room and the whole team is sitting in there. Well, yeah, eyes wide, like, holy shit, what are you doing? <laughs> I look at Hetty and I'm like, well, you told me. He's like, well, not like that. <laughs> like, Go talk to the guy. Like, oh, too much. But after that, he loved me. Yeah. So he would play the shit out of me. And like, I would I'd play power play. I was playing with Pav. Like, it was almost his affirmation that I broke you down to the point that you snapped. And now I'll build you back. You showed me you cared. Yeah. Let's so see what you, you got. You're out of your comfort zone. It was, I, I think I got him out of his comfort zone when I was standing <laughs> That's probably true too. <laughs> hey guys, fantasy football draft season. And I've got some ideas percolating for our Betway bet of the day. I love me a young rookie running back. These guys generally get more hurt and less effective Basically, from the moment they step into the league, and I am all in on Bijan Robinson, the Atlanta Falcons running back who they took very early in the draft and who is going to get to run behind a line that did very good things for no-name running backs last year. Uh, Bijan to win the rushing title in the NFL, 1,100 plus 1,100, 11 to 1, you're telling me? For a rookie to go win the rushing title, it's not that crazy. I'm, gonna da I'm dancing all over that one on uh, Betway today. 
It is the responsible way to bet. Betway, 19 plus Ontario only. You know the rules. Have some fun. That does it for part one of Jason Weimer. More tomfoolery with Rhett and the Weem dog coming up tomorrow as we wrap this up. And Weimer's thoughts on the 23-24 Calgary Flames. We saw the wagering odds. What are Weimer's odds on the Flames being a playoff team? We'll dive into that tomorrow right here on Barnburner on Flames Nation.